Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in and checking out the Hustle the Most podcast. This is episode 10, and today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to have a Q&A session. As of today, we are officially 10 episodes deep into the Hustle the Most podcast. Pretty awesome. The response that the podcast has gotten so far has been pretty fantastic. You know, the support that I've gotten from people has been really great, um, really uplifting, really um, powerful and, and authentic, which is amazing. Love that. Uh, it looks like people are reading the blog and listening to the podcast on hustlethemost.com or on iTunes, which is great. I've been pushing the podcast around the web a little, and I've been getting some really great feedback from people and a handful of questions. Most of these questions have come in through uh, the forum on hustlethemost.com, the blog site. And I think a few of them came in through DM and Instagram. And I think the interaction part of this is really what it's all about. So if you do have questions about the stories on, on the blog site or on the podcast, shoot me a DM on Instagram or hustlethemost.com. I'll do my best to answer everyone's questions as soon as possible. So for today, though, the Q&A session, I thought I would keep it short and just tackle like five of the questions that have come in and just kind of see how it goes. So let's jump into the first, first couple questions. So it looks like the first question, what made you decide to start recording a podcast? This one, I think is a little bit easier only because I have had to explain this to a few people. Um, when they hear that I'm doing a podcast, like, oh, why are you doing this? And, and there's a, you know, there's an elevator version, which is the, the 30 second version, but, uh, uh, I'm trying to give a little more here. So the real reason is because I've, I've really always wanted to write a book, um, of some sort about kind of like the adventures I've had in my life and things that I've done and writing a book about your life just seems not really depressing, but just daunting. Like it's a very daunting task. And it's kind of like having a, a grocery list that has like a, a thousand items on it. And you're just like, man, where do you even start? Uh, I think like a lot of other things, like starting a business or packing for a trip, getting started is always like the hardest part. It's always the hardest part for everyone. It seems like for me, it was, it was fairly easy. I decided to, you know, take my list and start at the front of the store and just work my way back. So somewhat chronological, uh, it's hard to remember these stories in order sometimes because there's definitely a big uh, spot of, of my life where I think things happen at a certain age, but I look back and I'm like, oh, I guess I was six or maybe I was 10. And once I get a little older, it's a little easier to decipher. But those things, I think we all have those gray, fuzzy areas when we were kids. So uh, the podcast is really a way for me to get these stories out into something kind of tangible. So the podcast and the blog site, hustlethemost.com, basically run side by side and really give a glimpse into a certain time or a certain story. I think like a lot of other people, I have all these stories in my head from when I was a kid and, and some of them are pretty clear, but some are a little fuzzy in certain spots. And I used to have these people in my life that could really help me remember certain details that maybe I'd forgotten or I didn't remember it the way maybe it happened. And you know, when you're a kid, it's all about your own perspective and you are impacted by the things you remember and the way that you remember them happening. So people like my brother, my mom, my dad, most of these stories kind of included some or all of us. So if I missed something or remembered something differently, they were kind of always there to help me fill in the rest of the story. My family is really great at telling the same stories over and over again, especially if it's something embarrassing. I'm sure like we've all had that thing where we bring home a new friend or girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. Your mom or dad tells them some really embarrassing story about you. And of course it's mortifying when you're probably 15, 16, 17, but my family would continue to do that over and over again up until, you know, in the 30s and 40s. And it was always funny. Eventually, you learn to laugh with it. But 
for us, it was always like, remember when Jason got that powder blue suit from the Amvets and he came upstairs and started breakdancing? I can't tell you how many times that story has been told around my house with my brother there and not there. And people have never met my brother. We always talked about this powder blue suit. Anything powder blue was always about this powder blue suit and how my brother liked to break dance when he wore this crazy suit when he was like 12 or 13 years old. So over this kind of awful 13-year period, I actually lost my mom, my dad, and my brother and all the connections that go with these stories for the most part. So the stories really now only live in my head. And I really think that when people kind of stop talking about stories or stop telling them and stop reminiscing about things, it makes them so much easier to forget. So this podcast is really a way for me to get these stories out of my head before I really become, you know, too old to remember them as clearly as I do today. As of recently, though, this is the cool thing. As of recently, I have a new why. I have another reason to kind of keep moving forward with the podcast. So I could have never kind of... uh foreshadowed this or anticipated this when I started because I had no idea what kind of impact it would have. But when I first launched the podcast, I launched episodes one through four. Uh, A few days later, I had gotten a message from someone thanking me for doing the podcast because they had listened and the podcast helped them. The podcast and the story, my story, actually helped them, which I can't even tell you. Like, such an amazing feeling. They said they were going through uh, a starting over phase in their life, and my story gave them perspective. It gave them something that they needed that day to make the day better, to make it bearable. And I almost started crying when I, when I first read this message. It's crazy because these are stories from my life, like my experiences that I've had and things that I've dealt with. And I think there's a lot of common ground kind of across the board, and I think they're pretty relatable to you know, people from kind of all industries and all walks of life. And it's the interactions like that, that have given me a great reason to continue to do it. So if my stories and experiences can just give one person uh, clarity or confidence or the willingness to, to try something new, then it's all worth it to me. So that's kind of the, the longer version of, of why I was doing a podcast. Starts out as a book, uh, turns into something else. You just never know where these roads are going to take you. So uh, let's jump to the next question. So tell us more about learning to smile and how difficult that was. It's funny. I saw this question come in and uh, we're not going to tell you who, who sent it, but um, it was interesting because my first thought was I told that story once and I, now I got to tell it again. I got to live through it again. But you know, if that's what it takes, like that's what we're going to do. And I, I probably omitted some details, but um, you know, so basically if you go back to also, the most episode two, you'll hear a tough story about me wrecking my teeth on a skateboard and basically how I busted my grill and then lived with a busted grill for a lot of years. And I had to learn to express myself in other ways that didn't involve smiling because I was insecure about the way I looked. So fast forward 20 years later, I now have fairly perfect teeth and smiling is still something I struggle with to this very day. And not because I'm unhappy in any way or or because I'm, you know, sad, but I'm still fighting against 20 years of hiding my smile. So, I mean, saying it out loud sounds kind of dumb and kind of silly because smiling and laughing are such a natural reactionary thing that just happens. And it's kind of like, imagine if for 20 years, every time someone told you a joke and you smiled, they got to punch you in the face. Like eventually 
you will learn to stop smiling. And it, honestly, it just wears you down. It completely wears you down. It's exhausting spending your entire life feeling like you're playing defense. Like to this day, I still struggle with it and I still wait for that punch. And it's really my own insecurity that lived in my head that I created based on how I thought others were viewing me. And so eventually I learned to care less about what others are thinking and just do me, be the best. Sounds silly, but you know, live your best life, right? Be the best of me I can be. I literally had to take those things and push them out of my head and just concentrate on me. But I'll tell you, man, on a daily basis, I still try to smile and I completely suck at it. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to do it. Like I've taken selfies, looked in the mirror, try to like smile. You know, you see these movies where it shows someone in the mirror is like, Hey, how's it going? That kind of stuff where you're like pointing at the mirror and yeah, it's one of those things, man. And just, I still suck at it. It just feels wrong. feels fake every single time. So I think for the rest of my life, this will definitely be a work in progress. And I just have to be okay with that. I don't really have much more of a choice other than just do me, be the best me I can be and, and, and carry on. So uh, let's see what our next question is. Are the guys from Spit still playing music? Uh, this is a good one. So uh, everyone, for the most part, is still playing music. Brandon, who was on the podcast in episode five and six, plays guitar in this amazing band called Braided Veins. We'll play a clip from him in a second, but I just wanted to touch on. So I actually went over to Brandon's house just a couple days ago. He had a record sale. So he and I started collecting records together and, and, and CDs and tapes. Like when we were young, we probably had a rack of like 30 cassette tapes. And that was a lot to us. And so uh, I walked into his house and my man has boxes upon boxes upon boxes of records. Uh, I was talking to him. I'm like, you know, where do, you, where do you sell these things other than just kind of at your house? And so he told me he has a Discogs store. So basically, if you search Hyper Enough, that will be the way to get all of his records. And so got tons of stuff on there. Super cool. Um, I'll shoot the link in the hustlethemost.com blog site so you can see and click on it and to check it out. But pretty awesome. I actually walked away with a uh, first pressing of the Minor Threat record uh, on vinyl. So it was pretty cool because it was the definitely a record that changed our lives uh, as kids that were learning about punk and just being kind of mischievous kids and, and doing what we did. So um, always cool to, to kind of sneak up on him and uh, say, hey, we happen to be in town. So yeah, let's play a clip real quick of the of Braided Veins. Here, check them out. Definitely cool stuff from Braided Veins. I will post a link to that in the hustlethemost.com blog site. So if you want to find them, you can click on that and check out more. So Vince and Brandon Eric, after Spit, played in a band together called Kid Brother Collective. Super cool band. Definitely one of my favorite bands I've ever done. Uh, that band's now defunct. I think they still do shows maybe once a year, just uh, kind of for fun, for benefits and stuff. But uh, Vince is a guitar player, and he also plays in a band called Deer Widow. So we're going to check them out right now. Here we go.
pretty cool stuff from them. Uh, Dan and Eric started the band not too long after Kid Brother was done called Dixie Hustler. And they, I don't know if they're still doing stuff. I don't, I think they played not too long ago. Maybe it was a reunion show. But since then, I think Dan's played harmonica and sang in a bunch of different bands over the years. Not exactly sure if he's playing with anyone right now. Uh, Eric is touring all over the world with his honky tonk band, Whitey Morgan and the 78s. And uh, we'll check them out right now. Let me get a little clip in here. Check it out. I gave up on running round. She gave up on me. I gave up all the cocaine. Now it's just me and the whiskey. And as for me, I live in Grand Rapids and play in this band called Old Fire, as well as... Uh, fill in for other bands every once in a while. So let's check out a quick clip from Old Fire. Yeah, so pretty cool, pretty fun stuff. Pretty much playing the stuff I grew up on. Super fun to play that stuff 20 years later. Definitely took me a little bit of time to get back in that kind of shape. To play stuff is that fast, because if you don't use it, you will lose it. So that's 100% true. Uh, let's jump into the next question. Let's see. Uh, what is the best lesson that you learned from your brother Jason? This is a, this is a pretty good one. So the best lesson that I learned from my brother Jason was to not lie. <laughs> and this isn't really something that I learned from him as much as I learned by watching him. Uh, sounds kind of, kind of weird. He would actually lie about the dumbest things and he would tell another lie to cover up his original lie. And it would just build up into this big crescendo that would eventually spiral back down. And when the truth came out, it was always awful. So it was always something small. Like I started out something small and he would turn it into this giant thing. So I remember sitting in these crazy long interrogation sessions with my mom and my stepdad and my brother, and we would sit at the kitchen table for hours and hours just going over these lies on things that he told around something super small, like, like him being 16 and getting caught smoking. Like Kids go through it. It happens. It's a thing. We get it. But I remember my brother threw his cigarette butts in the toilet, uh, and he didn't flush it. So my mom and stepdad were smokers and they smoked in the house, but they never put their cigarette butts in the toilet. So my brother spent hours trying to convince them that they did it, knowing full well that, that it was him that did it. He threw them in there. He forgot to flush the toilet and he got caught. So he was trying to lie his way out of it. Somehow there were two cigarette butts in there, not just one. So my mom was like, she totally thought I was smoking. And I remember her being like, why is there two? Your brother must have been smoking too. And I'm just freaking out. I'm like, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. Like, I, I don't smoke. And, you know, then eventually I was involved in trying to explain to them that it wasn't mine. And I was just playing defense again. And so his lies started affecting me pretty easily. So I was like, oh, this all ended terribly. So I'm not going to do that. So that was pretty easy, pretty easy for me to, to figure out what not to do. I think I said this before in an episode about him where, he was like a, 
having a book in my life of telling me the things not to do so I didn't get uh, in trouble, get hurt, or, you know, wind up something worse. So that was question four. Let's jump into the last question, question five. Uh, what else do you do? That's very, very vague. I'm not sure what that means. I, I imagine it means what else do I do other than sitting in a room by myself, talking to myself about myself. Yeah, there's, there's no vanity going on there, I promise. Um, I actually work at an innovation center as a designer where I basically get to design the future. It's, it's amazing. It's, uh, I design experiences, spaces, workflows, and dabble in things like technology and architecture, interior, stuff like that. So, uh, what else? I play the drums in a band, which we heard a little bit ago, I run a startup company called K-Breaks. K-Breaks is an anchoring system that's designed to help drummers stop their drums from sliding away from them as they play. We have a handful of products that started with a napkin sketch and went to store shelves. And currently, uh, the K-Breaks line is being sold in 90 countries around the world. Uh, What else do I do? I do student mentoring and portfolio reviews at the local design school here in West Michigan, as well as kind of speak at various college events around design, startups, and entrepreneurship. Uh, I have a few startups I'm working on right now, kind of working out logistics, probably announce those sooner than later. So yeah, all of this on top of having a wife and a family and various duties that include, you know, being grown up and doing grown up things like yard work and running kids at lacrosse practice and dinners and movies and all other things kind of adult-like. So, and that's what Hustle the Most is all about. It's about creating, it's about doing more. It's about pushing yourself. It's about helping people and relating to people through interactions and experiences and stories. And we're all here to support each other and to learn and do the best we can with the tools that we have. That's Hustle the Most. Again, thank you for listening. Check out the Hustle the Most podcast. This was episode 10. Check out more stories, photos, and connect with me at hustlethemost.com. If you are listening to us on iTunes, give us a like, give us a share, give us a review. Love that. We'll see you in the next one.